Welcome to Serving Aces. I'm Alexandra Stevenson, and today I have with me my special guest co-host, Oog Levadier, a.k.a. Oogie. Welcome, Oogie. Thank you, Alexandra. How are you? I'm doing very well. What's new today? Well, you know, this Sunday. So Sunday is a great day, of course. A lot of activities, a lot of you know, tennis, the Miami Open is going on. Actually, the Dell Technologies for golf was uh, ending today, you know, with, uh, you know, in Texas, this huge match play, players against each other one-on-one. So that's always exciting to watch. So a lot of stuff. How about you? Did, did it finally stop raining in California? It did. We had like 62 degrees, which was lovely. I feel like I need to go Celsius for you. What would that be? 21 yeah, it's like, let's say it's 90 degrees for you. So it's 30 for us. So it's. Yeah. yeah. So that would be maybe like 19 degrees for you, 20, like yeah. around there. And yeah. the sun was shining. Everybody was out. Everybody was happy. It was Finally. the first warm day. And I'm saying 61 is warm. Meanwhile, in Miami, it's 85 and 65% humidity. Sure. Yeah, it's really hot over there. We can see. I saw Ostapenko yesterday actually having the 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 blue towel with ice on her neck, and she was grimacing. Her face was like in pain. She looked like she was in pain. So <laughs> well, I mean, it must have been so hot in there. So uh, yeah, Ostapenko is not built for the heat and humidity. That's for sure, Oogie. <laughs> You're right. I mean, growing up in her country, I mean, for sure, her weather is more like mine. So in Canada, so yes, yeah, I can see. I can feel her pain. Well, let's get into a little bit of the Miami Open. It's going into the second week, round of 16 for the women. Some of the men are already in the round of 16. We're waiting for the rest to catch up. And we got to do our little fantasy coaching again, our little team. It's like a video game. It's going into the second week, and we get to change our coaches pick who we want to pick as a player for the coach. And this week we're going to do tactical, mental, and physical. That's right. Oogie, if you had a player in the draw right now, and you have to pick a current player who's in the round of 16 on the women, into the round of 16 on the men, or going to be, who would Mm -hmm. you pick first on the women's side for your coaching team to win the tournament? And tell me who your coaching team is going to be for that player. Okay, uh, let's start with my player. So I picked a player who actually turned her career around last year. Uh, you know, she was struggling a lot with her serve, you know, serving 20 double faults a match and more. You imagine that? I Whenever wonder who like, that is. You had five double faults in a match one time and I and, and me and Samantha were like freaking out. Like, come on, <laughs> five double faults, that's yeah. you? And then she had like 20, 25, even 30. It was it was unbelievable. So I picked Arena Sabalenka uh, to win the tournament. I think she's going to try to avenge Indian Wells. You know, she lost in the final to Rybakina last last couple of weeks. Uh, she's, you know, she's getting higher and higher, really confident on the court. I watched her match a little bit and she, she looked really confident. I mean, she was hitting balls and, you know, her face was really focused. So, uh, yeah, I have her uh, to win the tournament. So, um, yeah, what about you? Who'd you pick? I like that pick. But, you know, if she's going to win the tournament and this is our fantasy coaching team, we can take out her coach right now and put in your three. So who are you going to pick to coach her to win the tournament? Oh, look, I mean, 
Look at that. Imagine that trio of coaches. So on the tactic side, the tactical side, I picked Darren Cahill. Uh, Darren has a lot of experience. And of course, he's, uh, you know, he's really helping Yannick Sinner right now. He's helping him. Of course, there's another young coach, young Italian coach we saw on TV today as well. But uh, Darren's, you know, this veteran coach has got a lot of experience, you know, propulse, uh, you know, Halep towards the top again. And uh, he has a great influence on the on the tactical side. You know, he was able to get a platform for an analytics of, of matches, getting some uh, stats there. So I pick him for tactics for sure. Uh, for a mental coach now, oh, I'm gonna have somebody that's that's really uh, close to you as well. You know, I picked Monica Salas for the mental coach because that's a I good think one. Monica, yeah, because she was so tough mentally. Once she grabbed a lead in a match, it was done. Yes. You know, as she, she runs with the lead. So for me, she was one of the best, you know, once she got the lead, she's going to win for sure. So And she could really help Rena Sabalenka with that. Once you have the lead, run with it. Exactly. She, she's such a powerful player with the big serve. And there's still dips, though. She hasn't quite. Sometimes she'll kill you off the court. Other times she'll win the first set fast and then get down, have some double yep. faults. So, Monica, that's a great pick. She could really move the needle with Sabalenko's mental toughness. Yeah, I totally agree. That's exactly right, because Monica had, you know, ground strokes a little bit like Arena, just really powerful, flat strokes from the ground, uh, from the ground. And I think, yeah, it's going to stabilize her her mental, you know, fluidity towards the match. And uh, on the physical side, um, I picked Carlos Alcaraz team. I mean, his, <laughs> I don't know his team, who is exactly in charge of his physical oh, training. Well, I, I read something. Now, who doesn't want callers? Carlos Alcaraz's team right now, Ugi. Exactly. I want his team. Can I have his exactly. team to train and come back? That would be amazing. So I Seriously. read a little story, and I think his head physical guy is Alberto Ledo. Hey. I did read a story. I'm not sure if the story was correct, but that was he was quoted in there. So I will have to do some more deep digging for our next podcast. That's right. To see if Alberto Ledo is really the head of Carlos Alcaraz's team. We'll get on. We'll get down there tonight, and uh, we'll definitely have the. So, are the you saying for next week. Sabalenka is going to move like Carlos Alcaraz, have mental <laughs> toughness like Monica Seles, and then tactics like Darren Cahill? That's exactly it. I mean, how can she not win the tournament? How could she not win twenty grand slams with that? Seriously, she's gonna <laughs> she's gonna be in Serena's path in like. Yeah, if Five you're Arena, you should be calling up those people right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Yannick would say something about that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think those, yeah, that team would be would be fire. That Seriously. would be amazing, and we have to say, obviously, her team has been wonderful, and they've stuck with with her, of and course. they have a good vibe, and this is all just fantasy and fun. So, no dissing on the p current players' teams. Exactly. I mean, we're just having, you know, fun with the with the fantasy team. It's a fantasy team. So fantasy yes. is exactly. It's not going to happen. But All right, let's so just say we could pick. Yeah. You're what about you? Sabalenka to win the yeah. tournament. Okay. I mm -hmm. like that. Have a little revenge after Indian Wells. Uh, her leg is a little sore. She did call the trainer the other night. So mm. we'll have to watch out for that. Uh, Joni Essenbacher, she actually works on me sometimes. We live in the really? same. Yeah, we wow. live close together. And she came out and I'm like, oh, Joni's out on the court. But anyway. Go. Okay. But, you so, know, Alcaraz had a leg injury, you know, lately. And, and 
and he's playing through it. it. And, and you know, and the physical therapy on the WTA tour is exceptional. So oh, yeah. you can have a little niggle and play all the way through. You're no right. problem. Okay. So my pick mm. is going to be not just because you're Canadian, Oogie, Bianca and Drescu. Ooh, that's bold. She's my dark horse. Okay. I watched her play in Indian Wells. Mm-hmm. I watched, I've watched her play here. She's had some great wins. She just had another good win, even though Kennan has been on the out. She beat her two sets handily. Mm-hmm. And she has gotten her short court game, her feel back. She's playing the court like a chessboard now, more yep. so than she has in the last couple of years since she won the US Open. Yep. She's wow. being more physical. She's sliding. However, and this is, she's going to be my pick, you know. You better watch out. By the U.S. Open time, I feel like she could make a run. I'm not going to say win it, but it's possible. It is. It is. Shari had great wins. Yeah. We, we talked about it so, last week. You said looking Ranu at Kanu, the field, if she know? can get her serve going and mm. she can play the whole court, she is going to be one of my favorites in the U.S. Open. But we are talking about Miami, so she's my mm-hmm. favorite in Miami. And my coaching team for her is going to be very funny that you picked Darren Cahill because I am taking him as well. I'm stealing him from Sinner. No offense, Yannick. And And, Sabalenka. (laughs) And Sabalenka. So I'm taking her for Bianca. I'm taking him for Bianca. And then I'm offering him more money. So there you go. He's signing with you. (laughs) I'm adding, (laughs) but wait till you hear this team. Okay. I'm adding like, these guys are very close, best buds. So I'm adding Brad Gilbert. For mental okay and then physical i'm gonna bring in steffi graf who has a roundabout connection because she's married to andre agassi there you go so andre is gonna be there as well might as well but then maybe on the periphery andre would be there even though he's helping seb corda right now yeah. <laughs> so but i feel like darren brad and steffi bianca could win a grand slam in 2023 However, sure. she might win a Grand Slam in 2023 with her current team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with this dream team, that would be pretty cool. That's called that's called a dream team. That's exactly it. Because I don't think a player can afford those three people. No. I'm, <laughs> this is why it is, as we said, fantasy, right? Exactly. <laughs> this would, yeah, well, maybe Jess Pagula because she is a billionaire. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she she hears our podcast. She's going to be right on it. I'm telling you. <laughs> By the Pagula's U.S. Open, she's going like, to have like three of those five exactly. guys Exactly. A billion dollars would buy that team. Oh, okay, sure. so we got to get to the men's side. Yep. Who are you going to pick for a male? Well, to win the tournament, I mean, he's such on a big roll right now. How can you not pick Carlos? I'm picking Carlitos Alcaraz to win the tournament. He's going to reproduce same level as he did last <laughs> week. And he's going to do the same thing as last year. He's going to win the tournament. He's going to defend those points. And he's going to still be number one in the world. I, I mean, love it. Yeah, he's, he has to. I mean, he's just playing so great right now. So Today, basically, he doesn't need a team because his team is doing their job. That's exactly it. Perfectly right now. That's true. I mean, okay, they're doing great. Okay, but fantasy, I mean, who he's are you going to pick? He's got Juan Carlos Ferrero in the box. So uh, that's plenty of experience and, and winning advices. But uh, to have fun for the fantasy, yes. for tactics, because of his quick thinking always. I mean, not like 
Carlos needs it because he's really quick mentally. But tactic-wise, he can have talks and prepare matches with Andre Agassi because Andre won a lot this tournament. He's used to it. And, you know, anyway, Steffi Graf is going to be on this, on the, on the same, you know, same, same site because she's going to coach your player. Yeah. She's going to coach Bianca. That's right. So Steffi is going to be there. Andre is going to be there. They're going to have a quick hit at night. And so anyway, Agassi is going to be the tactical coach with Carlos Alcaraz. I think Alcaraz uh, is going to find, you know, for, especially for the return of serves, he's going to have a lot of talks and because he respects a lot of, and, you know, Agassi's got one of the best returns ever. Yeah, uh, so early and today in his match, he was, um, you know, a meter, which is like three feet. It was three feet to four feet inside the baseline, hitting returns today against uh, Lajovic. So yeah, he's he's emulating Agassi already. So and that's you good and stuff. you know what? That's so good because when you play a match where you feel like you should win, and it should be pretty you know, two sets, straight sets, not a tough mm -hmm. match. He's yep. moving into the court to practice for when he gets a tougher match so that he can do it when it's closer and he feels comfortable. And so that yeah. was really important that you saw that, Ugi, because that's telling me tactically his team is saying, you know, move in, practice getting in closer to the baseline, get used to it more. They want to work on that for a reason. Exactly. That's a great observation, Alex, because that's exactly what he wants to do. He wants to do that, especially in early rounds of, you know, tournaments. So he doesn't spend like three hours on the court in those rounds. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very useful for him to, to, you know, to really beat in straight sets, you know, lower rank guys. It's you know, a lot the, like what Darren is doing with Yannick Sinner, having him throw in servant volleys, get yeah. in more to the net. Exactly. And, and Alcaraz is doing that already, serving in volley and coming in and hitting, you know, returns on the rise. Well, that's how he won the sure. U.S. Open, right? Some of those and amazing gets, he exactly. came into the court and got up and hit that volley. And he would not have won those five setters if he hadn't played that way. Exactly. That puts a lot of pressure as well on the opponent. Uh, yeah. You know, is he going to come in? Is he going to stay back? Or oh, he's playing defensively. Oh, suddenly he's coming in. You know, you're like always second guessing. So that's really, really uh, something that he wants to improve as well. Let's say on the mental side, I went with Patrick Moratoglu. I mean, the French coach. <laughs> you and... love Patrick. <laughs> I love him. I mean, I sent you something, uh, one of his quotes on Instagram this week because I thought it was It was so a great. great quote. Yeah. What? Just... So tell me what the quote was. I mean, I see so many of him. Um, I'd have to go back a little bit, but I think it was, he was... Um, it was saying something about just just to be positive in his match. And I just have keep it. On. We all fail, and it's normal. Here's how to accept and handle defeat. And then it went on to say more about how to accept and handle defeat because he was telling you about it. And then he goes on because he's obviously the best marketer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he knows how to dude. market, but what sure. he says, the quotes, it's true. And when you meet him, he's a great motivator and he's very good with players about mental toughness and he knows what to say and how to get the player out of a funk. Mm -hmm. Lots of players have funks. They need positive reinforcements and Patrick is A plus at that. You're right. I mean, he's the Tony Robbins of tennis. He kind of is. He's the Anthony Robbins of tennis. He's just 
focusing on on you know just those mental cues and and a little always... connection to tennis tony robbins helped andre agassi back in the day oh that's right and he's from san diego and i used to train with him at peter goscu this functional training movement place and tony robbins would come with his son really you yeah so fun see fact him huh and... wow look at that I have to move to San Diego with you guys. All right. Uh, so who's going to be your physical? Physical. I mean, I picked uh, Alcaraz team again. I had to go. Same <laughs> thing. Alcaraz. Yeah. Just just for him. He's the flavor of the month okay, right now. So just... if, if it really is Alberto Leto, we, we're calling you out, Alberto Leto. We want to meet you. Yep. That's right. We got to arrange something there. Yep. So that's that's my team okay. right there. I, for, I like that for team. Alcaraz to win the tournament is going to be focusing with Agassi before matches, to, you know, speaking tactics with him. And then Moratoglu is going to give the great speech before he steps on the court, on the <laughs> stadium court. Carlos Alcaraz. And then, boom, everybody's <laughs> going to clap. Patrick's going to be over there. He's going to be pumping him up. And then his, his, his team right now, physical, is great. So he's they're going to stick with him. <laughs> okay, good one. All right, so yeah. I'm going with totally off book looking at the draw who could really use the help and and actually has made an impact in this men's draw gotten some great wins worked his way in made a little bit of an impact at the u.s open by qualifying in he qualified into this tournament he's doing mm -hmm. the work oogie chris eubanks oh yeah well, old him. school serve and volley, one hand and backhand. Yeah. And so my pick for him for tactical is going to be the great Aussie Patrick Rafter. Oh, but of course, serving in volley. Right? Because Chris Eubanks is so tall, and I feel like he's he's good at serve and volley, but he sometimes doesn't hit the volley correctly, and mm -hmm. he just needs a little more help in that area. And Patrick Rafter was a master at it. And the I guy totally was so fit and yep. so mentally tough that he serve and volleyed almost every point. You're right, first and second, let's go, we're going in. Yeah, and he knew how to use his backhand. Look, he didn't have a big backhand, he chipped mm -hmm. it a lot. Um, but he could hit it and get out of trouble and use his forehand. And I feel like Chris Eubanks could use that help. And totally obviously with Carlos Alcaraz in the tournament, it would be a miracle if Eubanks won this tournament. But I kind of picked him as if I could build a team for him to help him get better as a fellow American. Okay. And I, he seems like a really nice guy. Mm -hmm. I would get him Patrick Rafter. And then mentally, I would pick... Tracy Austin. Oh, yeah. She's pretty tough, right? Yep. Yep. Her son's now playing on the tour, Brandon. Nice. And he, mm. you know, he has the Austin mental toughness. So I would pick Tracy Austin to get him a little t tougher. And then physical, I would pick Amanda Kutzer. Ooh. Remember Amanda Kutzer? Wow. Yeah. yeah she a small South African player. She'd she run all small, over the place. Run everywhere. She used to play a match and then go run like six miles. You're right. Yeah. I remember she was, that. She was just so fit. ripped. So fit. So Chris Eubanks, there you go. That's your fantasy dream team. 
<laughs> I'd love if you won the tournament. That would be amazing. I feel like Ugi's Carlos is going to probably win it. Maybe Medvedev might sneak in there. But I felt like it'd be a little fun to add in new banks and what tactically right. he could do a little better. You're right. I mean, there's already... I mean, some great surprises. I mean, I actually took notes, and you're right. Banks is there with great win against Courage. We always have, you know, Lehechka, who is always nice. He's having a great time right now. McDonald. McDonald had, you know, he beat Barry Mackenzie McDonald. Now, that's a guy who is physically strong, fast, plays 100% effort for yeah. what his body is. And he just, tactically, he plays pretty smart as well. I, I really yeah. like watching him because he's somebody that really works hard to be where he's at. You're right. He doesn't have like this huge serve or huge forehand or crazy quickness. He's just, he's just very good in every sphere. So yes. he can, oh, I'm going to play him a little bit like that. Oh, I'm going to play him a little bit like that. So he just works his game around and He's really smart on the court. I think that's one of his best is, attributes right he's there. He's very smart. And that kind of yeah. leads us into a little bit. That was fun about our Miami coaching team. I let's, love it. Let's see who gets through next week to the finals. Kind of leads us into the basic tenets of coaching. Oogie, hmm. you have been coaching 23 years. Yep. I've been coaching uh, three. There you go. <laughs> but uh, I've been playing 20 longer. years. Some twin year experience more. Come on, it's <laughs> yeah. I've yeah, got right. experience of playing, uh, but coaching is you know coaching is different. Not every player is a good coach. You have to say that, right? That's right. Uh, of course. Yeah. You need that fiber. You need that fiber of wanting to help. First of all, because yes, there's been some that is a great... big statement. You have to want to help. Exactly, because it's not because you're really gifted player, and let's say you've worked somehow hard at it but maybe not that much but you're really gifted so you've spent this great career on you know in any sport you know it could be tennis could be hockey i mean i remember like wayne gretzky whenever he you know he's probably the greatest hockey player ever because he has the best stats you yeah. know he's had 92 goals in a season can you can you imagine that 92 goals no, it's, it's i mean still ha right it's now, still untouched Oh, yeah. Still untouched. Uh, you know, Alexander Ovishkin, maybe in a couple of years, can can surpass uh, one of his uh, great, you know, the scoring record, not the points, but the scoring. He can, he can do it in a couple of seasons. But uh, it's, it's you know, Gretzky was a great player, one of the, you know, probably the best of all time. But when he tried to coach, it was terrible. It was, <laughs> it was, it was not great. He lasted like he didn't I last think half, long. A, half a season in Arizona yeah. for the for the Phoenix. And it's uh, not saying Coyotes. that he couldn't do it. You'd you have to put in the work. It's like commentating. Just because yeah. you're number one in the world doesn't mean you're good at commentating. You have exactly. to do the homework. You have mm -hmm. to be able to understand the game and translate it to the viewer. It's the same as you have to understand the game and translate it to the student. And the, or the player, you're looking at as a student and a player and just being a new coach, I figured that out right away. Cause look, I wasn't coaching anybody on the tour or, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the kids I got in the beginning were pretty much bad news bears. If you know what I mean, they didn't have good yeah. technique. Nobody really helped them. The, I remember one of the per people that suggested I coach some of these kids said, Oh, well, it doesn't matter, you know, just show up and see what you can do. And I was like, what? what? That's, that's unacceptable in my world. 
You're right. See what I can do. Sorry. These kids are going to be better because I want mm -hmm. to help them if exactly. they show up. So you I can't settle for that. I know you and you'll be like, what? <laughs> no, I just, I, every I day I want to be like settle. the best version of me. I'm not going to settle for that. Yeah, one. Definitely not. And if these kids had to try it for their team, I was going to make sure they made their teams. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because that's right. Where you coach, you actually get to help them to play inside a team, right? Like high school team. Or... Middle school and high school teams. And then That's junior great. tennis, which is a whole nother. I only have two junior tennis players right now. That's a whole nother ball game. Okay. And then but, what, they compete for themselves only or what's the junior yeah, tennis? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like what your kids do. You play okay. around Quebec, right? And mm -hmm, within mm -hmm. Canada and yeah. you get a ranking. And in Southern California, you play for your section. You play okay. in Southern Cal and then you try to get nationally ranked and you play uh there's easter bowl coming actually easter bowl is right now it's they're, they're holding it in new wells where oh, wow. the big tournament was so easter nice. bowl is a big tournament clay courts are a big tournament hard courts mm -hmm. indoors and then there's winter nationals so there's five okay big tournaments for juniors and then you can also play international and right. the canadian open has a junior tournament and right. so the, right before the, the U.S. Open, I remember it's in the yep. Vapensigny, and I played it twice and actually got to play Yevgeny Kafelnikov one year. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I forget who awesome. I played. I played. I remember, I just remember staying in this like motel that had a bed and you put a quarter in and it vibrated. It's <laughs> hilarious. Isn't that's that funny, funny you remember that one. I hey, remember that one. <laughs> that's Canada for you. That's okay. so Canada, right? <laughs> it was a massage <laughs> bed. Massage and bed. At, at 13, I was like, oh, it's a body massage. Like, I didn't know what it was really for. <laughs> so, it's got to be just to relax you. A relaxing body massage, right? But wow. yeah, my 10-year-old is playing junior tennis, and I have a 13-year-old that's playing junior tennis. And then yeah. the rest play high school, but it's what we were discussing before the basic tenets of coaching you have to want to coach and make them better you can't mm -hmm. just do it for the money or to the fame exactly exactly you just have to do it for the right reasons and i like the way that uh, you guys are structured because it's it's invites you more into a team atmosphere i mean of course the better players maybe they play into the junior stuff that's what i'm i'm getting uh but even if you're not promise to be a great player you could play the team sport and, and for tennis i mean that's got to be awesome that's to represent big. your high school yes. and you play singles doubles let's go guys sort of like the ncaa and, you know and i played high I school tennis i didn't have fun. to play but i wanted to play to be on a team exactly. and it was so much fun and also to get we had a letter jacket did you ever have a letter jacket yeah that's right we got yep. one but we had one, of course, when I went to college in the States, but, you know, we got the letters. And, yeah, and, and you got yeah. the patches on your shoulders for each nice. letter. So I wanted to play every year. My senior year, I got, um, boy, they told me I couldn't play because they said I was too professional, which was kind of upsetting. But I understood. I wasn't a pro yet. I was only 17. Yeah. But they, but they kicked me out of the high school <laughs> tennis league. They kind of did you a favor there because you went on to qualify for Wimbledon yes, and lost they, in the, the semifinals. Next, yes, they did. But I was kind of upset. I wanted all four patches, Oogie. Oh, <laughs> I only on. have three now. <laughs> Tell me which one you're missing and I'm going to find it this You'll week. send it over. Send well, it over. yeah, but the team, it's really nice to have that. Yeah. And the competition part, what I find with 
a lot of the kids I teach is competing and practicing mm -hmm. like you play on the court in practice and then carrying it over to the match. That seems yep. to be a struggle for a lot of kids, maybe with COVID, maybe they didn't have as much coming up, like if they're 10, 11, 12, the competition part, or maybe how they're brought up, you know, when you mm -hmm. get a kid, it also depends on how they're raised in the household and mm -hmm. their work ethic. And then you have to teach them a work ethic as well on the court. And that's, right. that's a hard balance. How have you found that balance, Ugi? Well, you know, um, I think there's a, a key green in there is that each individual, every kid, they, they have sort of this natural competitive spirit, or maybe they don't. I think at first that when I see kids go around, you see different ages, different ages, of course, because, you know, if they're six years old or if they're 14 years old, that's a totally different ballgame, of course. But, uh, you know, new kids, what, like at 15, 16, somewhere around there, the age? Well, I have from eight to 17. Okay. So same thing. It's, it's, so that varies a lot too, you know. It does vary. Some some kids that like. But I have to nine. say the work ethic. Yeah. Is tough. I, yeah. I I have to say the work ethic from eight to seventeen, at where I was. It's just different. This generation, it's slightly mm -hmm. different. Like yeah, you have to say you need to go a hundred percent. I don't know if they always feel. It's what true. it takes to get to a hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. I mean, most, I don't want to say most, or I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of, a lot of kids today in our, in, let's say this generation or me, maybe even the last generation, like five, 10 years ago, you know, back then, I mean, we were so competitive. I mean, even in between high school classes, when we go outside and play some like, like a, we kick ball or I don't know what the hacky sack, hacky sack. Any game, we or just play card baseball. games like Spit, BS, Ooh, all those exactly. card games. Yeah, you know, just... you touched on something because it could be the phones and social media are ruining ruining competitiveness. Is that Definitely. too big of a statement, right there? For sure, no. I th I think you're 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 warm. You're warm on that one because back then we didn't have, of course, tablets and phones and internet. It, it didn't exist. And, my generation, yours, you're, you're younger, but um, yeah, we didn't have that. So what, what did we do in between like classes or after school? And we just, for us in, in Quebec and Canada, we just went outside and play hockey. We played hockey on ice. We play hockey on the and street. And you're competing. Exactly. I mean, play hockey. We play, let's two teams and let's go. Yep. Yep. It's not like we're doing, you know, we're not uh, shooting towards the goal. We're not yep. just passing the puck or the, it was a tennis ball actually in the street. So we just play. Okay. We're, yeah. we're seven players. Okay. It's four on three and we're 10. Okay. It's five on five. And and we play and we play to win. We didn't yeah. play just to have No. And, you, and, and just... you never played to lose. Exactly. We found and solutions. So many kids now are playing to not lose. Mm. And that's the tough part when you're on a court with the yep. players, how do you teach them to play to not lose and loosen up and just play their shots? Exactly. I mean, the, the, I think the key is to focus a lot on tactics. And you know me, that's my specialty. So yes. I guess that's one of the reasons why my kids, I think you need two ingredients. The coach has to be passionate and it has to trans, transpires his, per, his or her personality. If yes. you get on the court, I'm sure the kids are inspired. I can not be. 
it's Alexander Stevenson on the court. Air, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Air. You'd have to ask them. Oh, Sometimes on. I don't even know if they listen to me. <laughs> well, maybe they don't know you. They show them some clips. Of but you I do have like, to what? say, I do have to say all the kids I have are lovely kids and they've progressed so much from where they started. It's yep. just that inner fire and the competitiveness and the the will to not give up and run everything down. If you're going to trip and fall, you're still going to get the ball. Just like you and I competed. Mm -hmm. That's just the personality I want these kids to have on the court. And I'm trying to give it to them. And it is tough some days. You're right. You're right. It is tough because you can only help them so much. You know, you can put them in situations of having like a little soccer game at the end of a practice or a little you know, competitive warm up. Let's just say, I mean, Patrick Maratuglu actually put an Instagram post that Serena's every practice, the same drill that she would do at first would be like just a rally as long as you can. Did you yep. know that, Serena? Mm -hmm. Every yeah, time. you hit, you hit until you you somebody misses, and you don't yeah. want to miss. I used to do that wow. all the time with Elliot Telcher. That's it. Are you doing that with uh, your kids? Are you, did you try that? <laughs> well, some of them. <laughs> I, I try to keep consistency going, but I might I have to do that. Great. But it's, it's, a, it's a hit or missing. A couple of them I do that can handle the consistency. Keep one ball well, going, which yeah. is, well, actually, that's a good I idea. Did, it's a good idea, but um, for different, of course, different caliber of kids. Let's say my elite program, I can maybe try that. But even then, they're... You're not number yeah one the beginner in intermediates are hard because they don't yeah. they're not consistent enough exactly and then i adapt it so often what i do is like okay i'm giving you guys three balls so i'm giving you guys three chances to hit as long as you can so let's say the first rally they you know they hit like for two minutes and then yeah. they miss okay yeah so we we're done one ball. There's two, there's two left. So then they start the second ball and start rallying. Oh, they make three minutes. So they're, they're up to five minutes and there's one ball left. Okay. They feel the pressure. So yep. and that's nice because if yeah. you feel the pressure, then you want them to feel something. the pressure. You have to feel the pressure. If you don't feel pressure in anything in life, then maybe it's not that important what you're doing. Because that is so say, well said. If you go to an interview for a job or a, like a big exam at school, you're going to have pressure. Test, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel yeah. like I'm shaking and I'm sweating. And that's and, the, the and signs a lot of, of being, time. You know? Yeah. And a lot of times how some kids handle the pressure is they shut down and just don't try because they don't want to fail. Exactly. And, and that, that's that, where you have to stop that because it becomes yep. a habit. That's called choking. I mean, yes. you know, in sports <laughs> language, whenever somebody's choking, they can they can choke in different ways, yep. you know, and you can choke and, and not competing hard and say, oh, I lost, but you know, I was, I didn't, I was not at hundred percent today. And that's choking because you lose, you yes. lose, you win, you win. That's it. It's just, you win and you lose. I love that. You lose, you lose, you win, world. you win. Either way. And you don't make yeah. an excuse exactly. and you don't say it's not fair. I mean, the next day, somebody's going through to the next round or somebody won a tournament and a trophy. And that's what's going to be the headline. It's going to be, it's not going to be, oh, uh, Alcaraz won because Medvedev twisted his ankle in <laughs> yes. quarterfinal match. You know, it's not going to be that. It's going to be Alcaraz on top of the world. And then Medvedev is going to say, you know, he was better than me today. And that's it. And yeah. he did that. I mean, and in Wales, I think that's really smart of him to say that because that's the yeah. truth. Whether and, it's, and that's you know, why like, tennis is such a, I feel like such a great sport. <laughs> 
for kids to learn because it teaches you how to be resilient, how mm -hmm. to have mental toughness, and how to handle losing because you're going exactly. to lose in tennis, but so it's how you handle it and how you jump back from it and exactly. how you not give up and how you, you can continue to fail at some shots, right? You miss mm -hmm. shots in tennis. So that means yeah. you kind of fail, you make an unforced error, you failed at that shot, but you continue to try to hit the right shot and then you get it and then you win the point. And exactly. You miss again, but then you fix it. And I think the reset, I know we hear that word a lot, reset. Mm -hmm. That's tough for kids to get, a lot of kids. It's maybe 1% that reset fine, but You're you right. have to really help coach them to understand how to reset. You're totally right. because, And that's one of the technology phone tablets problem as well, because it's so easy. Yeah, just, they're not resetting. They're just, oh, next one, oh, next one, oh, next even, one. Even us in every day, and let's say, you know, I'm talking about one of my players and he's asking me, I don't know, like who won last night? Oh, one second. Oh, let Can me I go look it up. <laughs> yeah, my phone is in my left pocket all day long when I teach. So anytime somebody wants to know something, you can look I get it up. my phone and boom, right away, yep. there it is. In like five seconds, you have instant answers. So it's... For them, life is that easy. They just open something up and they have it. And you know what? For tennis and sports in general, it's not going to work. Yeah. You, need, you need to work at it. You need to learn. You need to process the information concerning your body, your mind, whatever. Is it your, what's your game style? What is it? You, yourself. Exactly. Right? And you that's why coaching, you know, when I started doing this, I said, I don't want to coach. And I was so upset. And then I realized I was learning how to be a better person through coaching and exactly. actually I had all this knowledge and I was passing it on sure. and there's a lot of knowledge that I'm sending out into the world somehow and it really matters that people coach because what you said last week on your podcast, you're helping little minds and young younger generation something's going to stick and then they carry it and pass it forward somewhere else that's right i mean i totally agree for sure because that's exactly what coaching is and being a parent it, it you know it's it's narrow it's, it's and we gotta do we'll have to do a podcast next time about parent coaching and players that's right. that's that's an interesting one yeah we and can even have a second guess. And we might have another well. guest on, Ugi, you never know. But speaking of resilient and chaos and resetting, how about this March Madness Final Four? It's going to be Can amazing. you believe it? Oh, I can't. Actually, you're right. I, you're asking me if I can believe it? I can't. What's going on? With I think it's been Florida the most Atlantic upsets and... ever. Florida Atlantic, San Diego yeah. State. Yeah. UConn and Miami. I mean, That's right. Who has that bracket? I, I'd no love way. to know if there's one person. If that one person has that bracket, then you should go get a lottery ticket. You're right. Definitely, <laughs> that, huh? That's for sure. I mean, I mean, I watched the end of Texas Miami game today. For uh, Texas was going away with that game, the whole match, and then suddenly, boom, turns around. Yeah. Miami wins. Uh, I mean, UConn for me now, UConn is the clear favorite to win that tournament. So they're going to, uh, 
they should win that tournament. But what about your San well, Diego? Well, they should team, win. Huh? Hey, San Diego, good old San Diego. You never know. And you know what? Ooh. The final four, it's going to come down to who plays to win. You're right. And all these teams have played to win to get to this point. So let's see who carries it on to the finals. Right. Yeah, they play with no fear. I mean, exciting stuff, huh? No fear, play to win. I feel like That's I have it. a whole speech planned tomorrow for the students on the court <laughs> you, and you're myself. Have to go to San Diego State. I mean, I don't know where the the, the final four are going to. Where are they going to meet? You know, the final four are they going to play in? I, uh, I think is Florida? it in New Orleans? Could be. I will have, have to, to look out. that up. I haven't looked it up. I'll have to get back to you on that next week. No <laughs> problem. We have to arrange the four teams to talk with you before they step on the court. Oh, well, that would be step amazing, huh? Our They'll little our little podcast. We could give them a pep talk. Okay, yeah, so to end our lovely podcast today about our fantasy coaching, we talked about us coaching, how to coach kids. We can talk about how to pro coach adults and professional players at another time that's a mm -hmm. whole nother ball game for sure but i have this amazing quote and i did give you a big hint a i kind of gave it away in one of my statements a couple minutes ago i don't okay? know that much the movies about i know like but you know this a is lot why it's fun and you know but these all come back to sports and tennis Okay, okay, so it, it it was originally in 1976, this movie. They had okay. a remake in 2005. Mm -hmm. The star of the movie was Tatum O'Neill, who was married to John McEnroe. So there's that the I, tennis connection. Okay, that I know. Okay, you ready for the quote? This is okay. so good, you're going to write this up on your wall for all the kids to read. I have my pen right there. Okay, the quitting thing. It's a hard habit to break once you start. Oof. Wow. Oh, isn't that a great quote? That is a great I, I quote. I kind of wish I made that up. It's so good. But I'm not going to make it up because I did not take it. That's right. I got it from this movie. And the coach that said it, tying back to coaching, was mm -hmm. Coach Morris Buttermaker. Okay, and who played like a basketball him? Coach. A famous guy, Walter Matthau. Remember that famous actor, Walter Matthau? Mm, no, I don't know him. I know. He's, he's a little older than both of us, but he was pretty famous in America. Anyway, okay. you want to hear where, the, where it's from? What movie? Yeah. What okay, is it? Now you're going to have to go watch it with your kids. For okay, sure. it's Bad News Bears. Oh, remember I said bad news bears like five minutes ago or 10 oh, minutes geez, ago. That's why you said that. That's I, I why like, I said What's it. What's going on with the bears there? Well, it was a tough quote and I wanted to give you a little hint. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, everybody listening, if you're listening, go watch the bad news bears. It's a, the, the 1976 version is hilarious because there's a lot of not politically correct things in the movie. And... It's just great because nobody cared in the 70s about offending people. And right. the way he coached these kids, he was always smoking. But that quote hits home to every coach out there to tell your kid the quitting thing. It's a hard habit to break once you start. It's so true, especially today in our society. You're right. Especially, I mean, tennis, the, the sport, like individual sports, you can only rely on you. 
a team, you know, team, team sport, you can always switch a yes. player. You can always get a boost from a, yep. uh, your partner over there. But for us, we're by ourselves. So if you're starting to quit like towards a tennis match and you see the match slip away and you say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to bother. I'm going to lose it anyway. And you just throw the towel. And then once you do that, maybe you do it sometimes. In even yeah, then it becomes the easier match. and easier. So yep. guys, don't quit. Keep going. Work hard. This has been really fun, Ugi. Thanks for coming on again. This I has been it. Serving Aces with Alexander Stevenson. And if you like our podcast, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Believe.com. And I'm on Alexandra Stevenson, actually Instagram at Alexander Stevenson or Ooglevadier. He's at Ooglevadier. So That's check right. us out again, guys. Like us, follow us. This is a fun thing we're creating and have a great rest of the day. Take See care, you guys. next time, Oogie. Yep. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys.